Joe here. Uh, I was a little worried about getting a copyright strike for playing the first song of the episode without any intro. So I decided to talk for a couple seconds and just say that uh, not only is shoegaze one of the most important genres of alternative rock music, uh, it's also outstanding. And to criticize it is wrong. Thank you. Smiling after that track from the smile. Uh, it's really good. It um, it kind of pushed a surprisingly large uh percentage of the Radiohead buttons for me. Um, Tom. So I guess it's not that surprising considering it's Tom and Johnny. That's correct. Uh, the smile is a uh, rock band formed just now by Tom York. Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead, the driving composers of Radiohead, mm-hmm. um, uh, along with a uh, jazz drummer or intellectual indie drummer, depending on which band of his you're looking at, uh, Tom Skinner, and they made their surprise. Okay, wait, I've, so I've done no, I've done no research on this guy. You say he's he's got some pedigree to be respected. Yes. Uh, well, he's in a he's in a uh, liked, uh, well liked uh, af jazz Afrobeat band called Sons of Comet. Um, which oh yeah, I yeah. love that band. Oh well, there you go. He's the drummer of Sons of Comet. Yeah. Um, All right. Sweet. Yeah, that's. I haven't gone back and listened to them, but I I thought I had heard them before. I mean, I, love was strong. It's not like I listen to them all the time, but I probably own one of their albums. I remember liking it. Nice. Okay. Well, that's uh, yeah. That's where this guy is. They made a surprise debut at Glastonbury. Announced it, I think, just a few days beforehand. Um, it, w- it was all a videotaped. They were kind of like playing in a cave or something. I don't, you know, there was a fox on a bike riding mm. around. Um, you know, I think filmed by longtime collaborator Nigel Nigel Godrich uh but uh I've I've listened to the whole set and uh it's it's in a way this song is representative what we just heard um that Mm -hmm. song was called just eyes and mouth um in that it was Mm -hmm. it was a sketch it was a couple ideas and it had this really strong instrumentation but mm-hmm. maybe not um kind of kept its course the whole time yeah that's fair or s- i um 
I just love that instrumentation so much. I'm not looking for song structure out of it almost. Just uh, Tom singing over that works for me. Yes. Yes. And you're <laughs> absolutely, but you're, yes. So, you know, if you're not too, con- if you're like that Radiohead sound and not really concerned with them putting any structure in the songs, uh, the smile is for you uh, because it's eight yeah. of, I, I guess, the, come back to that word sketches. Some of them in, uh, harder rock some of them in in you know as close to radiohead atmospherics as you can get um but Shit. yeah but but maybe a little bit uh more akin to if a small band was playing tom's solo music um yes yeah. that's what it sounds like yes that's accurate. Yes, I have a feeling um, that these songs were written almost entirely by Tom. It's just like the Radiohead song. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I wonder if this means that Tom and Johnny on some level uh, uh, are just more into the, the making the music still at this point in their lives, which would be fair since they're all in their 50s or whatever now. It's complicated. Um, it's It's complicated. <laughs> Fans have have yeah. theories, uh, but mine is that they. So it's it's what it's it's known that Radiohead had planned a tour the second half of 2020, and that that mm. got or something along those lines, like that that got pushed back. They were thinking about that, and um, mm. what also got pushed back was Ed's solo album tour. And um, Phil's, uh, the drummer, Phil Selway's um, solo album recording. He's recording his third solo ah, album okay. or did recently. So my theory that's, that's shared by many is that basically Tom and Johnny wanted to play some music and their band members were yeah. occupied by pandemic delayed projects and everything is all kind of, you know, yeah. discombobulated. So... They just decided to do and that this. makes sense. And they're like, we, you know, Tom even had, I guess, a, I guess they've both done their solo things, but maybe at this point in their lives, they're like, actually we do like just playing with each other the best. So yes. Well, and I, I watched Ed, Ed, you know, he interviews people. Um, I should say Ed, the guitarist from Radiohead. Um, yeah. He interviews people uh, weekly on his Instagram live page, variety of people he's done. Paul McCartney and his latest one is Johnny Marr, um, as well as a lot of just kind of more politically oriented folks. But he interviewed Phil, and one part of that interview, he was like, or Phil was talking about how he has all these deadlines for his solo album, and he's like, deadlines? What are deadlines? They were both laughing, like we, like Radiohead, we fucking hate deadlines. Like we don't have any of those. <laughs> so I think they're also unconstrained. That's funny. They they are yes. purposefully unconstrained by anything, you know, except death. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's that's what you should do if you have as much success in life as they do. Absolutely. Avoid stupid bullshit. Um, um, uh, Your Queen is a Reptile is the name of the Sons of Comet album that I like. Nice. Uh, which is a great name for an it album. It is. It is. Apparently they have a new one out just recently called Black to the Future, which is another funny name. Uh, that just came out, but I haven't listened to it yet. Excellent. Maybe perhaps on our next yeah. episode. Um, perhaps. 
we were, or I was going to say that the smile, the smile, um, if you want to listen to it, pretty difficult to do now. Uh, the Radiohead subreddit, um, uh, <laughs> Todd's DMing us about a different, I know. a different topic right now. Not getting into it. Um, I'm not even reading those, man. Good. I just saw the preview. Um, uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, it's hard to find this recording. Um, Radiohead uh, subreddit. Uh, there is a link to a torrent right now, which seems to be the most Ooh. reliable place. But they're taking down the videos and, you know, SoundCloud and all the bootleg versions of it. Hmm. Some theorize because hmm. this is a release is imminent. Uh, but I also think that it's, it was Glastonbury. So Giant Festival is probably pretty. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I blame Glastonbury in that case. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It seems unlike Tom and Johnny to just be that like willfully stupid about the situation. Yes. Um, um, so, uh, Paul, I can I'll hook you up with that uh, torrent magnet link if you'd th- like. Thanks, thanks, bro. Yeah. Yes, I would. I might uh, have to install a torrent <clears throat> app client for the first time in forever. Yeah, you torrent has a new web version that's it. It uh, pops up in the browser. Really easy to use. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it. Uh, but in other Radiohead news, um, uh-huh. the band has uh, released uh, over a dozen TikTok videos um, in recent <laughs> weeks. They joined TikTok. Uh, all the TikTok videos take the form of a, a surreal news broadcast featuring uh, a recurring. Radiohead character of recent years named Muse, M-E-W-S. Um, uh, he would be well known to fans of the band by his, uh, he made an unboxing video for OK Computer. But Muse is a digital composite of, uh, again, Nigel, the producer, like half of his head and then half of Stanley Donwood's head, their artistic collaborator, um, <laughs> as well as Nigel's body but with uh, fingernails painted black. Um, it's a disturbing effect. Uh, and it is. And with some modulated voice, etc. cetera. Um, but the TikToks are fun. They're weird as hell. And given all the talk, yes, the fans speculate that it is leading into the Kid A re-release. We'll see. It's something for sure. They're, they have to do that. That would be insane not to. It would. Why would you not pick up, you know, I don't. how much do you think they make on those? Like, uh, I don't know. What do you think is the gross revenue from the release of, uh, w- from OK Computer's re-release? I have no idea, actually. I don't know, but it's got to be, it's got to be in the millions. Yeah, I, you, you would know. think. I mean. Like, how much did we pay for that? I know I spent a large amount of money, but it I know, didn't I, matter I to me, so I can't remember what it was. Stupidly, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't buy the most complicated one for some reason. I don't know why. Um, now I have to go. No, I didn't either. It didn't seem like that good of a deal. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that one is like 100 bucks or something. And uh, just roughly. And I'm sure they made, you know, 5,000 of those. Right, I mean, at least. Yeah. Um, let's 
you know, it's, what was? It? But and every radio, sh- uh, every record store is selling copies of those special edition, just the like forty dollar blue record, you know, double LP yeah. version. Yeah, that's what I bought. That, the, that's what I what have. It, yeah, the, the special special edition had the tape. It had a cassette tape with all these extra tracks on it. Like, um, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Which I now want. And, and it and had the sketchbook and stuff. Eventually buy for like $400 <laughs> on Discogs. Well, all right. I, I still feel okay about my decision. Uh. <laughs> I just have a whole... I have a but, special... You know, my... Yeah. I have a special Radiohead shelf. Where I have all my records are on mm-hmm. one of those Ikea, basic Ikea shelves where everybody has their records. And then... On top of that is this nice, like, kind of angular shelf that my wife bought me, and that's just for Radiohead and Radiohead-related. I support Uh, that. I guess at the end of the day, I just want all the music on vinyl. And if I get that, then I'm pretty – I'm good at that level. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's true. That is, is, I think, my thinking back then. Um, Yeah. And But for buying it in the record store – um, I got a free poster with it, which was cool. Which I, nice. I need to put up. Um, so anyway, right. yes, maybe Kid A re-release coming. Uh, the fan um, prediction, which of course is just uh, more of a wet dream, is that it will be a completely re-sequenced single album featuring Kid A, Amnesiac, and various other tracks. I think that was the idea I pitched to you like two years ago or something. Yes, and I think I complained about it, but now I just give me. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's that's what I would want the most. It would just be so cool. So because because yeah, just because like you know I I already have the other two albums. I know that version of it, and I think it would work that way. And so why not? You know, I'm all in. So uh, we'll be reporting back. Um, just every. I mean, this is basically a Radiohead podcast, so you know. We'll be we'll be reporting back. As yeah, as we exactly. <laughs> we'll be reporting back the next time uh, uh, one meta tag on their website changes. Um, That's we'll true. That's true. We did build our meager Twitter following. We did literally this. do that. Yes. <laughs> um, was uh, that 2015? Yeah. Or was that 16? Uh, it was 16. The Moonshape Pool five-year anniversary. Just yeah, occurred. really a seminal moment for many reasons in this podcast. Five that, years ago, yeah that, yeah, that we had this podcast in time for that was kind of uh, important. Totally, yes, absolutely. Uh, but we won't, we won't do that. We will not. We're not doing an AMSP five year chat right now. Instead, we're playing <laughs> our theme song. <laughs> uh. Or, you know, we could repeat the gimmick where instead I play it right now. Yeah, that would be funny if we could do that again. Yes, yes, so you don't stop. Cool ID, best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar for the stop for you and your mind. Come on. Yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast. <laughs> Slightly above average, at least not. Preference is relative. My reference is consistently. Uh, bring you to another vicinity. Welcome to Savage Beast. I'm Joe Gallagher. Uh, with me, as always, uh, he needs to decide what kind of meat he's going to smoke at the lake. 
mm. other than that dive Man. other than that dive bar trout it's Paul McLeod <laughs> <laughs> yes sir um yeah good to what be are here. what are oh, you what what are you what should we smoke or you know cook slow mm. roast Mm, mm. Uh, you know, I am very good. I'm not actually versed in the uh, art of smoking, uh, but no, and we won't have uh, a smoker, so that that was the wrong term. That would be two problems with that. Then um, uh, oven braising is my slow cooking specialty, and mm-hmm. you know, a pork shoulder um, or uh, you know, a nice uh, beef roast. Yes, there are lots of ways to go. Yeah, beef. The important thing is that you. Season it and then shred it and then you know fry it after that. Beef is speaking to me. That's that really mm. uh, uh, that sounds right. But then also, pork sounds good. But hey, you know, pork no los dos. Yeah, maybe I'll make a carne seca or something. Yes, that yes, that would be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. Need some sort of stew. Or some some sort of mix. We need some condiments to go with it, you know. That uh, well, oh yeah, for sure. Yes. You take that and then you do you know, fry it up in a pan and you you know put it in a taco, and right. um, with Joe's homemade guac, mm-hmm. or even just a whole ladle of seven layer dip on top. Why not? Or my imitation uh, chilies queso uh, skillet queso. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, Savage Beast Live coming to you soon. Um, <laughs> with with five dudes. Uh, Paul, uh, it's the 30th anniversary of the Smashing Pumpkins album, Gish. Uh, uh-huh. I don't have much to say, except there is some funny things happen because of the way the Smashing Pumpkins celebrate these things. They had a... Uh, live stream hosted by Madam Zuzu's, which is Billy's tea, okay. tea shop that he runs with his wife, and like everything, Smashing Pumpkins is, this, is that still open? They opened a new one. I thought they, I heard it closed down. They had to close oh, okay. the old location, but they have a new big one. I think it's pretty much what his wife does with his money. You know, her her, uh-huh. her part of it. I don't not to be too on the nose, but um, but. Also, the Madam Zuzu shop sells all this Smashing Pumpkin stuff. And you can go there and get Smashing Pumpkin. I mean, obviously, if I was in Chicago, I would go there like a little fanboy. Yeah. Uh, I am. Um, little pumpkin sub. I would go sub. like, you know, hey, I would I would put my coffee t- shop time in there, you know? Why not? They have some really were convenient. good-looking, like, tea, fancy tea drinks, you know? I, oh, yeah. I like that matcha. Um I'm uh, I'm not a tea I'm not a tea connoisseur, but I am a I've had enough good tea to know that uh, really good tea is awesome. Yes, uh, you can really go wild with that shit. Yes, and they have a signature blue matcha there. Like the drink is very blue. Mm. Anyway, mm. Um, they did a live stream there, which was Billy and Jimmy listening to Gish. Like you could watch them listen to Gish, <laughs> and Billy was very into it. I just saw clips. I did not pay for this live stream. Uh, it was not free, um, but Jimmy was apparently like, "Wow, I'm being. It's weird that I recorded this album, and now people are paying to watch me listen to it." 
And Billy was like, yeah, we so made so it. <laughs> and Jimmy was like, this system. It's <laughs> like just not enthused about the prospect at all. Jimmy is like way too down to earth to have had his rock star of a life as he's had. Yes. Um. <laughs> and also just I me. remember thinking. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just remember feeling like that was his reaction to like wearing a dress in the uh, the Stand Inside Your Love video or whatever. Yes. Uh, uh, is this like, he just looked like, what what's going on? Why am I doing this? And I feel like he still feels that way. And as much as he doesn't want to, you know, sit around and headbang to his own music, like probably in general, uh, I certainly doesn't want like thousands of people to watch him do that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but probably feels like, well, I guess Billy said the fans would be into it, so I got to give what the fans what they want. Like, he just seems like a, a decent guy who <laughs> is going along yes. with all of it. He was born to play drums, and that's what happened. Yes, totally. Um, and afterwards, the Pumpkins revealed that they some special vinyl live show that was $70 for a one one. Mm disc vinyl uh mm. i passed i passed i shouldn't have maybe i'll have regrets yeah. but yeah i passed i don't know all of these things seem like billy just displaying open contempt for his fans like will you buy this pigs and then yes seeing if they do it or just like he's like i like your fans but i only like the fans who will give me like unlimited money yeah, that's true. He's he's getting them to prove that they are among the elect. Correct. It's um, like a not that like, he need, not because he needs the money, but just because a substitute for not for like the twenty thousand seat arenas he can no longer fill uh, is just yes. the two hundred people that will like give him like ten thousand dollars a year or whatever. <laughs> not quite. Yeah, that the much, people but... who are just have like an actual mental illness <laughs> about Billy. Kilgan. Yes. And we're close. I'm not really, you know, I, I live, I'm in the glass house. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm in treatment. I'm in treatment for <laughs> Um, This is the treatment. Um, exactly. Uh, Paul, this, so related to that, this is our 99th episode. Um, what? Yes, so that would mean our next episode. That's wild, actually. I know it is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, uh, our we did not, we did not hit our uh, one episode no. a week goal. <laughs> <laughs> so we I don't know for how a few, health for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, we had a healthy relationship, but thanks. You just weren't confronting me enough. <laughs> well the need to podcast i don't know if it was me <laughs> um, yes anyway um, <laughs> um uh oh man we um we need so for our 100th episode uh i think we'll i've already secured a contribution from a special guest, we'll call him Taylor S. Uh, okay. Maybe T. Sean. Um, but oh, I thought you were going to say th- Swift. <laughs> that would have been a good joke. I'm recutting that, so it's a good joke. Uh, uh, yes, but 
for this episode, we need to do something fun. Uh, f- one portion of it is the thing that I've always wanted to do on this podcast and have never done, which is to do a Smashing uh-huh. Pumpkins fantasy draft, as we did for Radio. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, we can totally do that. That's easy. Yes, let's do it. Um, no research required. No research. Although I do want to know uh, if you can share your program that lets you like upvote and downvote things, which you discussed for the Radiohead episode. I don't know why that stuck in my mind, but you said you had a tool that lets you like oh, rank things. Yeah, that was sorry. That that makes it sound way fancier than it is. Um, it's called Sublime Text. It's a text editor. You can download it. It's Nagware, so you can use it for however long you want. If if you use if you put all the song titles in a column mm-hmm. and paste it into a text document in there, then you can put place the cursor on the each line, and if you hit Control Shift and then up or down, it will just swap that line with the one above or below it. It just makes it. Oh Very sweet! I have, it's literally the whole thing. <laughs> I have Sublime Text open now, and I'm trying it. Excellent. Um, yeah, but, there you go. So the rules will be, I think. Here's my proposed rules: are um, 17 songs each to match the magical 17 tracks, or the 17 second is... of a door, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, the only require okay obviously it's all song not we wouldn't pick any songs for past 2000 so it's not really that's not an issue but <laughs> you must have a song from uh every from gish through machina oh that's easy yeah i don't think that'll be a problem although i, I do think maybe our each of our 17th picks will be a a gish song but you know maybe um... not Maybe not. We'll see. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I suppose if my top 17 might not, my actual top 17 might not include any Gish songs, but I, that doesn't mean I yeah. can't pick one. Yes. Um, That's fine. I, 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 my only thing I wavered on is whether we should require both Machina 1 and Machina 2, one from each. What do you think? Um, I think of my, uh, Machina 2 as... <laughs> Sort of like the the aeroplane flies high of Machina. Okay, but maybe that's, that's fair. fair. Okay, it's it's not a debate we need to worry about. Uh, I mean, it's of course an imperfect analogy. I don't, I don't we, actually yes. care about it. So <laughs> we, we could. Don't need to uh, it. <laughs> I care. I care. I care a lot. <laughs> Damn it! We could. We could require. <laughs> yes, because we won't require an airplane song, even though. Uh, probably one will end up on, on there. For yeah, me. I mean, aeroplane and Pisces. You could make an argument for include for forcing each of them as well, but I don't. Yeah, way, oh, Pisces is a good. Should we force Pisces? Eh, that again, that's gonna happen. Well, yeah. Anyway, probably. we'll see how uh, it's. It's yeah. hard to say. Maybe I'll put down my top seventeen and just see if I have all the requirements or not. Yeah, I think just making sure we have one Gish song is fine. That's fine. One Gish, one Machina, which we would pro- Machina would do anyway. I think. Um, I have not thought through my list. Yes, I have not really thought through my list except for like what my like top like two or three would be. So, 
Um, Shit. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to pre. I don't want to do this podcast in advance too much, but I feel like this is actually harder than the Radiohead draft. Now that I think about it, it is going to be. It is definitely going to be harder. Um, but with the goal, you must have like a good Smashing Pumpkins mix CD. That's it's, ah yes. yes. That's that's and and you can make that the de- the definition of well. That but if it's a draft, but if it's a draft, you're sort of at the mercy of chance there a little bit. You are, but in the sense that they're probably yeah. more than oh, that it 30. feels like the pumpkins. I see. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. It doesn't have to be okay. the best one. It just has to be better than the other one. <laughs> yes, and representative. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I'm down. Okay. <laughs> That's our next step coming up next. Um, but we have an episode to uh, do now. Um, some might say we've been doing that uh-huh. episode. Um, yes. And they would be correct. Uh, Paul, do you have any music-related issues to talk about uh, that are not the three albums we picked to discuss? Yeah, I wanted to just say we can't let uh, the passing of uh, Daniel Dumoulin, MF Doom, mm. go unmarked on this podcast. So, Joe, I would like you to drop right now the um, verse from the first track from Doom's one album. God, I should have looked the name of this up before I got here. Um, so, well, fuck. Doom passed away. If Doom's, uh, Paul yes, could not, he still died. could not remember any album names of anything. None. Not even one. Um, I'm thinking of Born Like This. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Gazillionaire. Man of a ram with crows in his hand and won't stop rocking till he clocked on a gazillion grand. Tilling the wasteland sands, wraps on backs of treasure maps, stacks to the ceiling fan. He rests on his ashes, ask him after ten miles of his galashes, smashes, stashes. Chip on his shoulder with a slip on holster, a clip, a folder, and his grip on a boulder bolster. They supposed to know the show in his aura glow. Get from out the road when he get dough was horrible. Time is money, spend, waste, save, invest, a fest. The ten case of cave of chicken chest S. Yes, y'all are double get your trickles. The best ball is pitching and rub to get a nickels. But tut tut, he about to change the price again and go up each time he blow up like hydrogen. Villain here, have him shrilling in fear. It won't stop top bill until he a gazillionaire grilling stare. Yeah, your boy had drama. Got him on a mental plane, avoided bad karma. One solar in brand skinhead, a nigga joke. Plus a brand new chrome smoker with the triggers broke. I thought I told him. So uh, I played that on this um, podcast before, but. To mark his passing, I just wanted to play that one verse from that song, which features three past legends. Uh, Giorgio Moroder is the originator of the sample. Jay Dilla, who sampled it. And then Doom, uh, who who uh, swiped the beat for his uh, solo track here. Um, and uh, I just want to, you know, hasten the day that I am in heaven listening to all of them play that track live. So yeah um yeah it's uh it's amazing you could you know choose so many doom tracks uh that would be representative of his skill and you would get really far down the list before there is a drop off in quality uh he spent so Mm -hmm. much time on every line 
Um, that's something I've read in, in the tributes to him. Just, you know, he, he did uh, care about the poetry, you know, maybe maybe more than, than you know, any but uh, uh, a couple other rappers in the same uh, same zone as him. Because he, he just mm-hmm. really uh, saw, you know, jokes and uh, serious uh, serious points and uh, amusing, ridiculous rhymes, just like all in the same line a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and of course his flow. That's the best. Flow 10 of 10. Yeah, and as people have pointed out, uh, one of the great cases of somebody's voice just like uh, sort of disintegrating and becoming way better throughout their life, um, which happens sometimes. So, yes, um, such a dis- older doom sounds, yeah, way cool. Such a distinctive voice that, um, yeah, he was able to write. It's there was a natural process, and he also emphasized it um, in mm-hmm. new ways. Uh, on uh, again across so many tracks. Yeah. Uh, for us, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Doom. Yeah, and I always remember, uh, Paul, us, uh, rainy day in the Grand Canyon, sitting in the Susu mm. Trooper, uh, listening to all of Mad Villainy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so you- good. Which is Mad Lib and Doom plus the Fortet remixes. Uh, oh yes, yes. I forgot we did the remixes. We did too. we did all that in <laughs> row? Uh, it was a good afternoon. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was raining. So good. I miss Doom. I wish I. It's 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 just uh, it's sad. I, yeah, when he died, I realized like, oh man, that's uh that's one contemporary I really loved who I never saw live. And famously, his live shows were sometimes not necessarily yes. even him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I do wish I could have seen Doom, at least in theory. Yeah. And, uh, that would have been cool. And such a, you know, young young enough that he just had tons ahead of him, I think. And <clears throat> yeah, yeah, fuck COVID, man. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. COVID. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, okay. I blame... His his blood is on. Was he still living in London? His blood is on Boris Johnson's head. I I agree. Um, okay, R.I.P. Doom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would say we should do a whole episode on him. We just aren't qualified compared to some other. Not that that stopped us ever before, but there's so much good stuff out there about Doom. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's true. There's so much. There's so much uh, legend to uh, those underground hip hop type guys that I would be. I would quail to to come to the table without doing a lot of research first. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go on to the actual topic of the episode, which was getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, back into listening to some new music. We picked three albums. Uh, we did. And Paul was good to listen to some new music. That it was nice. Sounded new. I, that's that. That was a. None of it was just pure. <laughs> none of it was something that I think would be released in like 2010. And that was a nice feeling. Ooh, interesting. 
I don't know if I have the exact same take. Interesting. But okay. Not exactly. What should we yes. talk about first? Yes. Uh, I'd yeah. say let's talk about um, young, young Jesus, young Jesus. All right. Cool. Uh, um, the f- the first track is excellent, but also all of the tracks are excellent. So whatever you feel like. was faith the first track from welcome to conceptual beach uh an album by young jesus uh paul where's young jesus from who are they? la supposedly oh, there we go uh they have an absolutely yeah. uh horrific uh just pretentious uh garbage dump of a write-up for this album on Bandcamp. um oh so man pr- i just <laughs> whoever there's you know each one of these little indie labels you know has some overeducated english major oh uh, i know oh i know i'm not blaming this bullshit i'm not blaming the band uh it is just hilarious um but no young jesus uh paul you suggested this album uh why (laughs) and what uh what what's your takeaway give us your take i suggested it be because as that write-up says, Joe, young Jesus pries our sobs from parentheticals and wields them with a brutal but tender force. Um, anyway. Uh, it's not bad, no, actually. Um, well, the, the, the parentheticals is a little much for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't say it was uh, good. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, this has been – I remember – I've. I listened to both of their previous albums and remember liking them, but apparently I don't own them. So I must not have loved them. Um, but, uh, this one, I was listening to it and, um, it's just like that first track, which, you know, we just did a sample and it's a long, slow developing track. Um, it gets the whole idea across, which unfortunately is, uh, kind of an effective strategy. For me, anyway, um, like if your first track really nails it, I have a much higher chance mm. of listening to the rest of the album. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I guess that's always been true, but um, uh, it's just like it's it's just got that sort of like um, that uh, energetic art rock style that is sort of uh, that is you know it really gives me both the um, the hey, this feels like something important and meaningful, and the um, you know this is music that involves your uh, body in an important way type of thing. Like when I was re-listening to this album today in the office, mm-hmm. um, I was you know I was getting physically into it at the desk, uh, which is always a sign that an album is uh, a cut above for me. But um, yeah, just uh, you've got. Um, 
interesting, uh, sophisticated, uh, arguably pretentious, but that's fine, lyrics. And um, you've got uh, an interesting, slow, uh, but again, um, uh, potent uh, buildup with uh you know clever harmonies and clever uh chords and uh active percussion and i don't know what else i want out of music it's got a little bit of uh a little bit of david burnfeel but not quite also jeff buckley he sounds like a little bit sometimes mm. and uh, okay a little bit of yeah a little bit of that sort of um you might say uh i don't know just sort of what, do you, what would you call this? Atmospheric indie art rock? I don't know how to describe it. It's just art rockish to me. Yeah, I struggle with that too, um, with exactly how to describe it. Uh, <laughs> I I love the album. Um, I thought that, that uh-huh. it was uh, effective um, like throughout its, its course, and it really does wander around – and mm-hmm. uh it takes its time um and uh builds up builds up to its climaxes slowly um mm-hmm. yes I, I heard i heard anthony and the johnsons uh, especially at his voice Ooh. that would be my kind of that was the first that's comp. a good comp yeah um but then the, the, i i was i was casting about for a better one and that might have been what i was looking for that's interesting yeah but it doesn't go, you know, the, the music isn't the same. Um, you know, there, this all. is a lot more uh, indie, alt-rock, uh, a lot more um, a different kind of groove. Um, and then, you know, some, some notes of jazz um, mm-hmm. uh, with just the instrumentation. Um, yeah, it gets a little math-rocky, at least in the feel. I didn't count the time signatures to know if it's technically math-rock, but I think that's – we're mm-hmm. both talking about the same thing there. Yes. Um uh, and then I don't know saxophone and flute coming in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also heard I heard uh, on the especially on the track meditations. There was some of uh, mid tens band Ought, um, a band I really like. Yes, uh, yes. That fr- well, and see again, that's where that's I burn the David Byrne thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's that's really the lineage I was thinking of is that kind of music, um, brainy art, uh, brainy but still rocky art rock. I don't know. Yeah, um, and then uh, on like the song like "Root and Crown" that may have been my favorite just because it was kind of like small and beautiful. Um, yes, to some of the bigger ones. No, that song is great. Uh, like really good lyrics to that song. Yeah, um, and um, and it's very beautiful. Totally. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and, and maybe Bonavere would be the other comp, um, mm-hmm. little later Bonavere or that um, that second Bonavere album, where everyone's like, "Wait, uh, what are you doing? This is yeah, this is the first just... one where he started to get slightly weird. Yeah, this isn't yeah. just folk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, this was it was a great album, uh, and I think it all the influences both of us mentioned it, it combines them nicely uh and i think it was of these three probably as definitely my favorite i think um it's yeah you know i don't it's one of those where it's like yeah i would say that but also it's like my favorite style of yes. it's the one closest to my yeah. heart in style yeah so if somebody else told me a rouge off top was a favorite of three i'd be like that's correct you're right 
um, but I, I guess one last thing I want to say about this is I think it's interesting that like the lyrics are well expressed, but they're also like very plain spokenly just talking about like, you know, psychological uh, dealing with psychological stress kind of, you know, uh, like like you mentioned meditations, the whole last half of that song, the, all the lyrics are just him repeating. I want to be around and live it. Um, another song ends with him repeating faith does with just, we just might grow. We just might grow over and again. I want to say there's something interesting to me about the fact that that kind of lyric could strike me as on the nose and uncreative, but there's something about the presentation and I think probably the sort of, uh, you know, melodic, but, uh, you know, just full spirited way he's singing it. That makes it work. Yeah. That's, I guess. That's the thing that makes that stands out to me about this album. The the characteristic that I find most interesting about it is its way to its ability to just sort of like just straight up, you know, be talking about the most pretentious types of subjects you could talk about in uh, rock and like make it like heartfelt and also intelligent at the same time. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's I'm 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 fully in line with that uh and definitely with this that that idea that maybe in the wrong hands this material would be would be too silly or too too on the nose yeah too self-indulgent uh we've both listened to that album many times yes uh well let's talk uh let's stay rocking and listen to spirit of the beehive all caps um dun, dun, dun. yes the the name of the band is in all caps um it's, it's something that would get printed on a mr peanut butter poster Bojack <laughs> spirit of the beehive in all caps uh let's listen to exactly S- server is immersed track server is the server is immersed off entertainment comma death uh the mm-hmm. latest album from the spirit of the beehive uh paul i was just browsing the pitchfork best new music uh and saw this uh you know psych rock album and i was like yeah sure let's listen to that i, I listened to maybe mm-hmm. like 20 seconds i'm like yeah we'll, this is good enough this will be interesting. Let's talk about it. Um, and here we are talking wow. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good choice, man. This album is cool. It is. Uh, this, this is another band I kind of, I like, I, I'm sure I listened to their previous albums. Very memorable band name. 
but I don't remember getting super hyped up about it. But, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned this not sounding so much like, or the, all of these albums not sounding so much like, or, or all sounding new. Uh, did you get any kind of, um, a broken social scene feeling out of it? And I feel like it's just the production did that to me. But yeah, oh, that's a good one. I, I could definitely see that. It's like a heavier broken social scene. Yeah, like that very compressed, all the corners of the space filled it with sound uh, type of feeling um, is what I get about it. And also a little bit of a chill wave, like um, what's his name? Uh, I remember the name of the album, Paracosm by... Washed out. Um, oh yeah. I know this isn't chill wave, but I do get a little bit of a washed out feel from this music as well. Yeah, there's a, a well, you know, it's interesting. The track we just listened to is maybe one of the more straightforward mm-hmm. because it 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 mm-hmm. some of the tracks have uh, uh, are very. Touch this. Some of the tracks are more collages of different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, really jumps around and uh, you almost get that feeling of listening to a pure sample artist at times a little bit like, like totally like girl talk or um, uh, the books where you couldn't be more right. I've yeah. listened to this album like four times and I don't have any idea. Like I, I can't even think of the structure of any particular songs in my head it's all just like a like you said a collage of song ideas sort of mixed together and yet when i listen to it like just there i'm like oh yeah i remember this part that was cool yes yes and that's that's the the uh experience throughout um even as you get to the second second to last track i suck the devil's cock (laughs) good name for a song i mean we were all thinking it Mm mm-hmm um uh but yeah this is good this is good psych rock i mean there is uh there are tame impala moments which i always enjoy and Mm -hmm. uh there you know yeah i guess this this album definitely fits a little better with um something that may have come out in like 2012 than the rest of this yeah it's got it's got a little bit of that that uh, you know high indie peak um, sort of like you know just commitment to overproduction in a good way. Uh, yeah, what is I guess it's like it. it's like Brooklyn indie rock before the full on '90s revival. Is, yes, which yes, which like very much so. Consult a that's what I'm talking about. Yes, consult a like Cloud Nothings album from from that yeah and you will get that or feeling. or uh like a late uh a later a latter grizzly bear album is kind of what this sounds like to me yes uh, like shields or something like that except better um uh so, I like grizzly bear you know the, i'm not shitting on them the kind of like replacement level band who i really like uh that that fit that description for me is symbols eat guitars um yeah that's pretty fair mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Just yeah, these 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 very dynamic rock songs, but that aren't like, uh, you know, straight memorable rip-offs. as songs. Always, yes, yeah. yes, exactly, or straight ripoffs of, um, uh, you know, Third Eye Blind or some '90s <laughs> influence. 
Yep. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're making it sound like we don't like that music. I do like that music. I do. I oh, I do too. I do, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's old, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, uh, this is good. It makes me want to go back and figure out if I've been missing anything with Spirit of the Beehive all this time. Yeah. Because um, it's... Uh, yeah, it's sort of like just sort of like having the radio on, but it's all just one weird guy's idea about what music should sound like. Yes, yes, exactly. I like that description. Um, okay, cool. let's let's yeah. uh, hit up our third and final new artist, uh, singer, songwriter Aruj Aftab. I believe Google calls her in its little knowledge box thing uh, a uh, f- yes a film score composer is what Google thinks she is, oh. which I found interesting. Interesting. Let's see what her about. I don't. Uh, the music of Aruj Aftab floats within several liminal spaces you might not have imagined. <laughs> yes. uh, between new you know, age, if there was one, <laughs> if there was one kind of space, I thought her music was going to float inside. It was liminal. Definitely. Yes. There was no question about which kind of space it was going to be. Between New Age and classical minimalism. <laughs> and uh, mm. also between Sufi devotional poetry and electronic trance. Um, yes. And then also between singer-songwriter structure and states of pure being. So just all of that, just right being held right in the middle of all that. Um <laughs> Uh, okay. I, Joe, Joe, we should start operating in subliminal spaces. <laughs> we I should. Think. We uh, should. Uh, it's a good, it's, it's the best, it's the best place to be relative to the liminal. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's listen to a track from, uh, uh, Af- Aftab's album, Vulture Prince. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, Mohabat. been talking about uh things you can buy for art album releases do you have your 50 dollar vulture prince perfume oil i do not but that sounds uh that sounds like a good way to engineer the sexy um <laughs> so, it would work on me let me say uh, uh, may, available on Bandcamp. i may look into that um uh this artist uh, is she's uh, got a great voice, uh, really interesting songwriter, um, and uh, 
you know, not afraid to say she speaks to the part of me, that Seeger Rose part of me where I like people singing mm. love songs uh, in languages I don't know. Um, and the music has something in common, too. Uh, that's those a lot of slow builds, um, not mm-hmm. not necessarily respecting any. Not as climactic. No, no. But as uh, a rhythmic at times, um, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, yeah, and sort of having that similar quality of like sort of different, unusual musical arrangements sort of weaving in and out of each other all the time you might you might draw a parallel there i don't know yes yes and i think actually even a little more than seeger rose i would say uh there were some explosions in the sky vibes um Mm. that post-rock is that that's not post-rock uh i think that that is post it is post-rock yeah what is the name for that? Explosions in the Sky or a what kind of rock band? I think it's post-rock. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you don't know Explosions in the Sky, uh, they are the theme song to the TV show Friday Night Lights. Um, that's their their most favorite song, uh, famous song. Um, yes, post-rock. Just, just the most... The most intentionally dramatic rock music you've ever heard. Yes. Is, I guess, how I would describe Explosions in the Sky. Often instrumental. Um, or Explosions in the Sky, I think, pretty much always instrumental. Um, anyway. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Arouge is a, a very good singer-songwriter. And I found this album. Um, uh, delicate and deliberate and uh worthy of my patience (laughs) it does that's patience is a good word because um i kind of found it most grabbing me like uh the other night i had it on and i was like sitting at the computer listening to it and i got up to go make dinner or something and just sort of had it playing in the other room which is not usually how i you know listen to music i will at least turn it on the room i'm in um, or if I'm listening to it seriously, I'll get out the fucking headphones and shit. Um, but uh, I found it very – it had a it, – it's, you know, I don't want to exoticize it, but maybe that's uh, sort of exotic associations of the sort of, you know, um, you know Central Asian, Middle Eastern music um, uh, seemed to just sort of very like – uh, when it was coming out of the next room through a door and sort of catching me by surprise in mm. moments was when I found it sort of most uh, pulling me in a little bit. And then, you know, that helped me then, you know, start to get into it. I, not that I wasn't into it, but it helped open it up for me a little bit more after that. But yes. I thought that was interesting that that particular listening situation grabbed me a little bit. That makes a ton of sense. Just that, that you know, the idea it's coming from the next room uh, yeah. gives it that certain something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. She really can sing. Um, just because there's harp, I am forced to think about Joanna Newsom, but mm-hmm. I don't actually think it's that similar. Um, except insofar as it's like a woman doing, you know, using similar instrumentation to do long, clearly very soulful songs. But other than that, it would be a re- little bit reductive to say they're the same thing. I, uh, just I totally would, different musical traditions. I know? would enjoy that tour. <laughs> yes. And porn video. No, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but uh, um, 
you, you have to get rappers for that, I guess. Anyway, um, no, really good music. And uh, um, I, I, I intend to, can, to put it on in the background again in the future, I guess, is what I should say. Um, excellent. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. It's not like insulting at all to put it in the background. It's just, it's music that works as like, um, a part yeah. Of oh, that was the other point I was going to make is mm -hmm. it's interesting that Google called her a film score composer because it sort of, uh, had that aspect to it in that it's not, I mean, Mohabbat is fairly songy. I really liked, um, the second track Dia High mm. or Dia mm -hmm. Hey. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, very entrancing. Um, but I can see where she'd be good at film composing from this music, I guess, is the point. Not yes. that this is film score type no, music. No, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I'm trying to describe it in ways that aren't just different ways of saying it's exotic or like. I know. Of, <laughs> of, of the Orient. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not. Um, I mean, yeah. It's like on the one hand. You know, you don't have to feel too bad about thinking that way because it's like uh, different cultures sound weirder to me than my own culture. That's, That's true. Normal. But yes. on the other hand, you can exoticize and fetishize things and it can be ridiculous. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, this certainly stands uh, outside of that. Um, and uh, yeah, go uh, cry to it or bake some bread to it, you know, whatever, <laughs> wherever you want to be in your emotions or in your I state think of Zen. I think like, you know, a really, a really good makeout sesh could happen to a Rouge off top. That could, that could happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yes. There you go. This is, it, uh, it'll, it, the right lady would be put in the mood, I guess mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Or man. This is, uh, this is a sexy episode. Um, mm. we but, engineered it that way, but like all sexy, sexy things, uh, it must end. Mm -hmm. Got to change the oil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to. Um, yeah, this has been fun. Mocha cigarette. Um, uh, it has been fun. Yes, I'll allow that. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know why I fucking said that dumbass shit you say to somebody you didn't enjoy hanging out with. Um, <laughs> well, Paul, uh, we just—you know—your mind is drifting to our 100th episode. And our upcoming I know. smashing cum, smashing, smashing cum, <laughs> smashing pumpkin. Smash <laughs> uh, don't rewind that. Um, smashing pumpkins. Smashing pumpkins. There you go. Um, fantasy draft. Uh, come join us. You know, mm -hmm. three months from now when we record that. <laughs> no, we're gonna do it faster this time. I, I promise. You we are, are. You're not moving. I'm, I'm not, single. We can make this happen. I'm not moving. I'm not having any more kids right now. Oh, God. Uh, or, or, or ever. <laughs> you know, I don't think, yeah. Well, yes, that's, there's no plan. It's plans. not your choice. It's a, Zero plans. It's up to the woman. Zero plans. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's a, it's, everything yeah. is a joint. Dis I don't I'm not even going to. No. <laughs> No, uh, don't explain. I will not. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, All right. Children are a blessing. That uh, they are. Yes. Uh, rate us five stars somewhere. Mm -hmm. Somewhere. Anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Follow us on Insta. Joe's been putting up stuff. Savage Beast Pod. That's right. We're going back to Insta. I, I've been enjoying it. it. It's 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 one of the better social networks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. We're gonna start putting thirst traps in the stories, y'all. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Nothing else has worked, so maybe that will. Uh, nothing else has worked because we haven't really tried it, Joe. <laughs> That's true. That's That's also true. <laughs> well, maybe the thirst traps will be where we try. Maybe. Maybe. All right. All Good right. night, everybody. Good night.